blame here. If you haven't yet, go and download the buy and hold analyzer for single family homes. You can get it in Excel or Google Sheet format. Just go download it from our Google Drive with a full explanation of all expenses on there to spot check for performance given to you. If you want to get a hold of that, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash analyzer or go check out simplepassivecashflow.com slash turnkey to learn all about turnkey rentals. And you can also find it on that page too. The common person that we're going to be talking throughout today's podcast is this type A theme. A lot of us are very hard workers and we've been taught to save our money relentlessly. Now, when people usually find me, their net worth is typically over a million dollars and they've just gotten accustomed to just saving their whole life. And just like myself, my first 10 years out of college, I was saving at least 50 to $100,000 of my salary every single year, putting it to investments. I grew up very frugal. You guys can learn all about my cheapo tactics by going to the website and looking at that list, simplepassacashflow.com slash cheapo. But I was working with a client and we realized that it just made sense for them to just rent in a foreign country and they had way more money than they needed. And I was kind of thinking about this for myself. I went and bought these really expensive LeBron James shoes. It's my favorite player and they're expensive some basketball shoes. But within the pandemic, that's really the only thing I do and I spend money on. So in the past, what I've normally done is just buy a cheaper pair of Nikes that I get on eBay for 60 bucks. But then I started to realize, you know what? I'm just going to use those expensive shoes because for all I know, I could die tomorrow and it would be sure a waste. You can't take any of this stuff with you. That's just one way I've been loosening up and trying to, you know, spend my money on more experiences or things, if you call it like that. It's not like it's a Ferrari or anything like that. And I live more of that fat fi lifestyle, right? And people talk about this FIRE movement, F-I-R-E, Financial Independence Retired Extreme. Most people think of the penny pinchers, the no latte people, and they think of living well below your means. And I think that's great to get yourself up to that first $100,000 net worth and get into your first few investments. But after a point, it can be very debilitating. Some of the most successful people out there are very generous with their money and not like giving you know money to other people, but they have this propensity towards money to let it flow because they know they have the confidence that they can recreate it with either investments or creating in their job or business. The last finding I found was another person in our family office, Ohana Mastermind, you know, to classic case, same thing, big saver, able to save 40 to $60,000 a year. And, and I say, loosen up a little bit. And I, I tell them it's, I have the same problem, right? There are things that I probably should buy that I don't because I still live with the same mentality. Um, yeah, you know, do the math. I think a lot of us will be financially free in five to 10 years. And it would be a shame if something happened to us and we had less than two years to live. I think when you start to invest alternatively with all these great wealth building strategies, you could press that time length to get to that end goal so much quicker that it may not make sense to white knuckle your way there, save to the extreme, but loosen up because you're going to get there quicker than most people. If you haven't yet, make sure you sign up for the Huido Pipeline Club. Now, the Huido Pipeline Club is a free investor club where I filter investments and underwrite the numbers and partners myself. Unlike other investor listing groups out there, you guys get to know me. We do that onboarding call. To learn more, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club and enjoy the show. This one's going to be good for you type A personalities out there. 
This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went try to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners. We are going to have Robert Altris, the founder of Whisper, a mindfulness organization that provides coaching strategies and tools and techniques to help private clients in their businesses. A great book coming out here soon, Never Enough Itis. And we're going to be talking about this because a lot of the listeners are very type A personality. I consider myself a type A, but I can be lazy sometimes too. thought it would be break from the normal topic material of real estate. Robert's also in real estate development too, but I think there'd be a lot to glean from this interview, but yeah, welcome Robert. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, making the time to have me on. So explain this term of never enough itis. Yeah. So the, the book came about actually as self-therapy. I sold a big part of my business in 2015 and I found myself having everything accomplished, which I thought was going to make me happy. And yet I felt something was missing. I, I, I had a restlessness and emptiness about me. And that kind of prompted me on a, a more like a spiritual search. What, what else is there to life than just making money? And, and that's ultimately culminated in writing this book, which when I was going through some personal trauma and I also had some financial setbacks, I had a, a hurricane that wiped out a business and, uh, you know, nothing like a good crisis or catastrophe to, um, to meet yourself and uh, look yourself in the mirror and take stock. And the book kind of came from that. I was kind of looking at what had been driving me in my life and how I could turn that around because I really had become to be honest, and I'm a narcissistic asshole. And I felt that the man I saw in the mirror wasn't really the man I wanted to be. And so I started making some changes. And I think Never Enough Fight is the title comes from this notion that we're just always chasing more. And it comes from this sense that we're not enough. And we forget to look at all the beautiful things that we have in life already. We don't live in the present moment. We're always de debating the past and we're peering into the future and we're just on this carousel and forget to live life. And I think if you're able to stop and ponder and think if you're a narcissist, you probably aren't. You probably have a, a little bit of self-awareness there. But I think that's something a lot of people that are listening as their net worth grows half a million, million, two million, four million and above they start to get to this idea. They're just constantly going after the next thing. I know personally, there was a number that I had in my head that I surpassed that I thought that I'd be super happy when I would get there, <laughs> but it just right. came and went. Yeah. But what was your moment where you hit this epiphany? That moment when I sold like a large chunk of my business, I had a big payday. I remember I was flying back from Bogota where the business I was and I was back on my way to Miami, driving to, you know, living in an oceanfront community, a beautiful wife and kids and all the toys and all everything. And I was like, there's something missing. I'm, I'm just not happy with this. This stuff is not filling me up. And my marriage, I've been so dedicated to my work and my career. My marriage had suffered. I wasn't the father that I uh, wanted to be. And so I started analyzing that. What else is there and why am I doing this? And, and I'm a capitalist at heart and I believe in the capitalist system. And I believe that it motivates us. I just think that money is an amplifier and when we have narcissistic behavior, we just become a, a bigger narcissist with more money. When we are a good, solid person, we have our integrity in place, we have our values and our principles in place, money is just going to amplify that goodness in us. And I had lost myself in the game. And that was really the conclusion for me. I needed to get back to having integrity and showing up, living my truth. 
And there was in my book details, a lot of different things where I got lost and I was doing high level business and in Latin America predominantly, but I did it for GE as well. And it's not always pretty what happened. And so you have to own that stuff and look at it. Is that the way I want to show up? Is that what I want to contribute to this world? And I'm a big believer that everybody's true satisfaction is really making a contribution of some sort to this world, which could be creating a business, could be being a mother, could be uh, being a volunteer somewhere, could be being a, a doctor and finding out some medicine that we don't have today. But I'm a big believer that when we really want to fill ourselves up with what we do, we want to make sure that what we do has a purpose bigger than ourselves. And that can so, be translated into anything, really. It's not limited what that looks like. And, and a listener is listening right now and they're like, all right, I want to make a change. I don't want to be forced to make a change. It seems like most people, they need to have some kind of thing to happen to them. But what are some things that they can ponder or changes made so that they can proactively make a change for a little bit of a better? Yeah. And you're absolutely right. We tend to learn humanity, right? Learn through crisis and catastrophe. That's where we wake up and holy crap, I need to do something about it. And that could be a major illness, could be a divorce, could be financial losses or whatever. That tends to wake us up and do something. But we don't have to learn it that way. We, we can obviously take a look under the hood. And I think what I always tell people is the first thing you need to do is get a North Star. And your North Star is the spiritual vision for your life. And that's not necessarily a whole roadmap of everything you're going to do. But I think you got to have something that gives you direction and what you want to create in your life, what's important to you and what's that vision that you have for your life. I call it a spiritual vision because I think your soul wants to express itself in this life uh, through whatever you're doing. Everybody's got unique gifts and talents and superpowers and those we got to tap into because that's going to be our most aligned work, our most successful flow state type of uh, endeavors. And we're going to be most financially abundant there because that's going to come easy to us. So Find your spiritual vision, get really clear about what you want to create, how you want to show up in life, and then start taking congruent actions. Now, as a second offshoot of that is we can see what in my life is toxic right now. That could be people, it could be environments, that could be situations that we look up or that we're part of. And I think a big step is lose the toxicness in your life and clean that up. So you surround yourself with, with the people that are going to support you in this vision that you have. And then the third part is we all have limiting beliefs because we're just mushy little humans and we grow up and we have all these beliefs that start selling in when we're in our childhood and we're in theta state. So we're very impressionable and we have wounds and scars because we go through life, we get hurt, uh, we get disappointed, we have stuff that happens to us. And so it's a good exercise to look at us and say, okay, what are some of the things, the patterns that I can see in my life that I'm recreating all the time that aren't necessarily serving me? And once you kind of drill down there, that's the effect, right? So what's the cause of that? And the cause is always some kind of belief that you have, which could be like, I'm never lucky. There's no good men in this world. I never make more than this much money. It, it could be anything. I could never be this weight. I could, it, any limiting belief is basically a ceiling on where you're going to go in life. And once we can start addressing that, we can remove these artificial ceilings because it's just fog and your beliefs triggers thoughts, thoughts, triggers your emotional body, your feelings and your emotions. That's going to drive your actions and that's going to get your results. So you have to address it at the belief level. If you've been following my journey, I've been selling my initial real property and transitioning into syndication deals lately for a more purely passive investment strategy. One critical part of my portfolio is the American Home Preservation Fund, or what folks in the Hui call AHP for short. George Newberry, once apartment owner, operator, and mentor to me, 
is now sponsoring the podcast. His private fund, which by the way also accepts non-accredited investors, cuts the middlemen out and allows you to invest directly with him to fight the mortgage crisis in America. Join him by purchasing distressed mortgages while getting a double-digit annual return paid monthly. Find something else better out there? Well, let me know. Feel good knowing that you are helping families stay in their home after buying their underwater note at a huge discount. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahpservicing.com investors. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, please send me an email at lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. I like to buy stuff. Well, that's a liability. Yeah, there was a guy that we had on the podcast, my buddy Chris Rush. I actually haven't seen the guy in a couple of years. I wonder how he's doing. But I remember great example of surrounding yourself with the right people. Like he had this thing where he would write down living beliefs. He had like about six or 12 of them. I saw the list. I didn't read it out of the privacy. <laughs> he was there. He showed it to me. And then, so he said, yeah, every like few months I go in there and I look at it and I try and add another one, right? I'm trying to get that next layer. Yeah. And then I'm trying to work on one of those limiting beliefs. I thought that was a pretty good tactic. Yeah. And working on limiting beliefs are actually decisions we once made and we then automated in our subconscious mind. So really the way you address a, a limiting belief is you make a different decision and then you find evidence in your life or anybody else's life that supports that new decision. And that's how you actually change the neuroplasticity in your brain, because just thinking or affirmations is not enough. It doesn't change. Beliefs have really deep grooves, right? Like a record player. And so to get out of those grooves, you got to make a new decision. Can you tell me one here with an introverted mindset? Because it's harder to open up for those folks. How can they rely on an outside source for support? Well, first, first of all, everybody's supported because this universe is abundant and I don't think it depends on being introvert or extrovert. I'm a big believer that the biggest challenge for us is to show up in a really authentic way because we have so much societal programming, so much cultural beliefs, so much of our upbringing, potentially religious dogma, and all these things influence us and they make us believe we have to be something somehow. And part of, I think, really getting to our core essence is stripping away the societal programming. I call it bullshit rules and really get to our core. And whether you're introverted or extroverted, that's just a personality trait. I don't think it's going to stop you from attaining the success that you want to have in life. There's many introverts that are extremely successful, even successful salespeople. Yeah. So the most of the listeners here are higher paid working professionals. A lot of times to get to that point in your career, it is a bit of a toxic environment that people who are more stoic, more closed off, rise to those positions. At our recent mastermind, we had almost a hundred participants. Average net worth was $1.9 million. So it, it was a high level group that came out virtually. And it was hard for me to get people loosened up because everybody has this corporate America kind of mentality. Yeah. I don't, I don't know any. Maybe you can give some insights on how to boost well, up. Yeah, I talk a lot about this in my book. I, I was a stoic when I was in my the thrust of my career, and I was merciless. I was heartless. I would go with dead bodies to, to go what I needed to go. And that became worse as the, there was more money at stake. And um, so much so, I shut my wife out. I, I was very unexpressed in that sense. And there's, there's a lot of work around the masculine and the feminine energies that we each have. And the heart is the citadel of the feminine energy. And it's really where we feel. It's also where we're vulnerable. 
And when we open up to vulnerability, we want to be heart-centered. We have to open up our heart. We have to share. And that's not something that men, especially in our culture, are encouraged to do. Because from a very young age, we're a little boy. is like, boys don't cry. You're tough. You got to be fearless. You, you swallow all these emotions and, and feelings. So it doesn't surprise me in this corporate environment and the type of audience that you have that people feel like you can't really share that side of you. The irony is or the paradox is I've come to find out that when you're vulnerable and you share your heart, you actually become indestructible and invincible because you can only be hurt when someone is trying to protect something, but you can't kick in an open door. And so when you share your heart and your heart fell and you share maybe, you know, some of the things that your fears, your worries, or some of the things that aren't going well in your life, you'll be hard pressed to find anybody that's going to in any way take advantage of it. What are they going to do? Because you just shared the truth. You owned it. It's actually when we hide it and we try to paint this picture on the outside, this kind of, we live by our social media accounts and by our LinkedIn profiles. And we want to look at this perfect, smart and successful. There's a lot of vulnerability actually in that because now we're very vulnerable because we're not like that. We're none of us are perfect. We screw up all the time. We make mistakes. Things don't go. We have fights with our spouse or our, our, our friends or family members. I mean, we, life is messy. It's messy for all of us. And just being human about that and, and discussing that in an open way, in my personal opinion, makes you only stronger and makes you more trustworthy because it's more real. It's what people can connect with. It's, yeah, I have that in my life. That makes sense. Nobody's perfect. Whenever I see anybody like painting this perfect picture of their life, I, I just shrug my shoulders and it's, I know it's not like that. Yeah, that, that stoic mentality is a little bit needed, right? Because you need to go after your goals, especially in the beginning and not listen to what anybody has to say and just move forward despite all obstacles. But once you get to a certain inflection point, I think opening up is, is the way to go. But why do you need to be stoic early on? I think it's a gray area, right? I think people, when they're starting on their career or doing some new venture, there's a lot of naysayers out there. The, the peer group might not be at that evolved, right? So you're gonna have to shut people out and you may be a little bit closed off, but in, in the process. See, see, I think you anchor it in your spiritual vision, because if you're very clear on where you're going with your life and you're very clear on what you like, what you're passionate about, what your gifts, your talents, your superpowers are, what makes you go in the morning, what gives you mojo, what gives you energy and vitality, when you're very clear about that, you're not relying on this motivating muscle, right? Now you're just sheer power. You're clear, you're intentional, you're determined, and it comes from a different place. It comes from a completely different place than you're feeling your way out there and like someone might upset your apple cart by being a naysayer. I think you just take these opinions in, you filter it because it's their lens that they look life, experience life through. But if you're very clear in your spiritual vision and you're, you're really committed to that, I think really that's where you anchor and ground yourself. And you don't have to be a stoic. I think you can share this. And I think I'm very public about my uh, spiritual vision. It's to inspire and create a world of love and truth. That's in, a, in alignment with everything I want to do. You know, that's part of the message of, of the whisperer and what I'm trying to create. And I want to empower people, but it's all based around love and truth, which really open up your heart and, and living in truth. So right now the guys are listening. They are mowing the lawn, doing some dishes, driving home. They're like, I, I'm on board. I'm on board with this. What are some like quick wins that, what are you things that matter to you most now? And how does that kind of show up in kind of small habit changes yeah. or quick wins? Um, and your audience is probably pretty disciplined, uh, I would assume, because they, they don't get where they are by not being. But one of the first things I tell everybody is the way you do anything is the way you do everything. 
in life and look at those areas in life where you're not counting the reps. And you might find a couple of areas where you're not. And it's something that's pervasive throughout your life, because if you do it in one area of your life, I can guarantee you it's showing up somewhere else in your life too. It's just, it's just the way it works. It's the way you train and condition yourself. So I always tell people, be very honest with yourself. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. I think in terms of what my, in, in business, what I've found is this notion that you have to be very cunning and, and very astute and all those things. Yes, you have to be smart uh, about things, but I actually think people do business with people. And I even noticed this when I was at GE. I was a very successful salesperson at GE. I was a rainmaker, they called it. But I related to people. Even when it was company to company, business to business, it's still human relationships that are going to drive all these things. Even when you're in real estate, if you're going to go find a deal and you want to sit down with the owner and there's multiple buyers there, guess what? It's going to have a sway the way you show up, the way you hold yourself, the way you respect people, the way you treat people. This follows you throughout your life. I've never missed a bill in my life. And you get a lot of favors from a lot of people when you show up like that consistently. We tend to abuse power sometimes a little bit, leverage our power. But I think be really cautious and the more means and resources you have, be more solid and, and really protect the integrity and the way you show up, be human, be, because we're, ultimately we're interacting with people, right? Every business transaction at the end, unless you're buying Bitcoin online or something like that, for the most part, there's some human interaction there. Be a nice guy, be an honest guy, be a guy or, 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 or woman that you would want to do business with. Yeah. Something I can share from my first few years or five, six years working was very different how I was my last few years working when I didn't give a crap and I was definitely on the way out. My last few years, I ran meetings differently. I stuck up for the subordinates and consultants. I didn't care. And I think that came across as more of an authentic leader and much more efficient leader too. Got stuff done a lot quicker. And I think that's what financial freedom allows people to do is kind of treat people how they're supposed to be treated, but without that other constraint of making our boss happy or these other external factors right. when you don't have to worry about, I got to still stay employed by these guys or get the next job. But yeah, let me put up the book, Robert Altrus, A-L-T-H-U-I-S, Never Enough Itis. Yes. Just released January 1st, 2021. So pick it up guys. And uh, yeah, appreciate it, Robert for joining us. I really appreciate the time and I wish everybody, uh, well, this is such an interesting time. There's so much flex in the market. It's so dynamic. This is when the greatest opportunities emerge too. When there's chaos, when there's a lot of fog, amazing opportunities come about. So I think for everybody, just stay alert, play within your strengths and lots of really good stuff that can come from these things. As unfortunate as it is for other people that have lost their jobs and their financial hardship and all those things, I feel terrible for them. But I think it's a great time to be out there and scouring for opportunities. Yeah, just like hard work pays off, passive cash flow pays off. We got that t-shirt made already. But you guys can buy the book and thanks for joining. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. All right, thanks so much, Lane. Hey. I appreciate it. 
This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.